Hey y'all, this is Lily Lair. I'm a medical student, second year medical student at University of Chicago. Today we're talking about activism and the trauma center, particularly this one down here on the south side. And you're listening to Race, Violence, and Medicine. Welcome to Race, Violence, and Medicine. I'm Dr. Brian H. Williams. And I know I told you I was gonna be on hiatus for the summer, but I just come across a fascinating guest. So we're gonna bust out a new episode real quick. I'm sitting here with Lily Lehrer. She is a second year medical student here in Chicago. Also from Dallas, went to the Hockaday School, so we have to have a connection with some folks down in Dallas. But she was telling me about her role she played in helping to establish this new trauma center that is serving South Chicago. So, Lily, thank you for joining Race, Violence, and Medicine. Thank you so much. All right, so it's Saturday. We're in the middle of a 24-hour call. She is shadowing. We just finished a case in the OR, and we're grabbing lunch teaching her that you got to eat when you can. So we're up here at the cafeteria. We're going to do what we can before we run out of time. So, Lily, you were starting to tell me about your role as an activist when you were, because you did an undergrad here in Chicago, and now you're a medical student. So uh, just give a little bit about your background, how you got from Dallas to Chicago, then talk about the activism part. Sure, gosh. Uh, yeah, so I showed up here to go to college, University of Chicago, uh, all the Nobel Prize winners and reputation for being rigorous uh, schools, so that's what got me here. Almost the second I got here, I learned about the lack of a trauma center at that time in 2010 when I showed up. And I would say basically every single day of my entire undergrad, like from 2010 to 2014, not a single day went by without there being some kind of hearing about that issue. So tell me, so did, did you come here planning to get involved with that or did that just kind of happen de novo after your arrival no it definitely happened after i got here yeah yeah so uh, tell me how, how does that happen like you come here to for higher education and then you also you find yourself as an activist working every day to help get this new trauma center going in south chicago i mean yeah i was just like it was just you you, you can't avoid it it's like you, you get here and you, you you realize you're living in a city you're not in this little bubble of the university at least i was not interested in being in that bubble and then you look around and it's like what do people say they need what do people want and literally like you know there we worked with like youth organizers from the community and like they were just like our friends get shot and then they die in the ambulance going to northwestern like it was like not rocket science it was like okay you guys need to help us because you pay to go to the school you probably have more access, you know, to, to you know, like, you, you know, we were just one part of it, but it was really led by, you know, youth in the community that were like, let's just all work on this one project. Okay, so you mentioned one of our sister institutions. It's not a knock on them as an institution. It's just a matter of the distance from South Chicago to where they were was a problem for patients that were getting injured. Is that correct? Yes, and there was one particular incident. I forget the kid's name. It was a 17-year-old kid. I, I don't want to get the facts wrong. There was, a, there was one particular incident that really sparked all of this, which was this kid who, was, uh, who basically died in an ambulance on his way to 
Northwestern, and it was thought at the time that like basically it would that that, that, that I don't know you would know the medical terminology for it. Well, there's some there's some background. The, the, the time from the time he was he was injured to get to the hospital to get treatment was too long, and he died en route. And it was in, thought that that it was thought that it had you know it was thought that it was those minutes that killed him. Right. He they basically had to bypass where we are now to get to there, and yeah. that would that probably or could have made the difference, but it had been happening a lot in the decades since there was a trauma center yeah. in, in this area. So, okay, let's back it up a little bit. Sure. You're, you're from Dallas? Yes. Uh, tell us about your, your time there prior to you becoming a undergrad here in Chicago slash activist, now medical student. Yeah, well, let's see. So I went to Hockaday, which is an all-girls school in Dallas, and we were told that girls can do anything. Girls can be president. Girls can be surgeons. Girls. There was no. There were no boys around to even to even think about. So you know, I think I had a very very feminist childhood, uh, especially at Hockaday. It's really fitting that the first surgery I ever saw done was by a Hockaday graduate. Um, you know, because that's just my vision of the world. That's my understanding is, like, women do everything and it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't even have to think about it. It's just you can start to take that for granted. So, yeah, that, that made me start dreaming big. It's kind of crazy. Today, we're on call today, and there are two Hockaday grads on the team. We had no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's not even surprising. I'm like, of course, of course. It's Hockaday women. Like, duh. All right. All right, so a prestigious all-women school in Dallas. What made you want to become a doctor? Oh, that's 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 going to be an interesting one. I did not, I did not know. There's no medical people in my family, not from a family of doctors. Uh, not no, no one likes blood in my family. There's none of that. But um, I got really interested in Zen meditation <laughs> at a certain point. Do tell, do tell. It's, I'm telling you, it's a weird one. Uh, actually, it was that a Hockaday that it, that it got that I got interested in that, and a teacher there at the time was like very encouraging of it, and we sort of had a little. It wasn't a class, but it was it was around high school, and yeah, I got to college. I lived in a Zen monastery for a summer in college. Again, no medicine was even in the picture, um, but Zen is all about life and death, and so you know you sit there and you know you're supposed to. You're supposed to know. You're supposed to be able to grasp, you know, life and death. And I, I was very into it. I was interested in it. But I just thought, like, you know, I bet if I see death, that's going to be a different thing than like all of this just sitting here. So I had a real. I had a. I had a desire to, 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 to get into it with actual life and death. Um, and I knew that I could sit with people. And I knew that I'm very, very good in a crisis. Very good uh, with pan. You know, calm. So it was years later, I was like, hmm, you know what does that a lot is medicine, yeah. Yeah, so I got involved in hospice care. That was how it all got started. I I worked in hospice care during college and then afterwards, and then that eventually brought me to med school. All right, so you undergrad in Chicago. Yeah. You have this Zen background. Yes. And then go to medical school in, uh, in Chicago as well. Yeah. How does the activism play into your your role as a medical student? How does that inform your your studies and your future um, professional desires? Yeah, I would say it hugely informed my choice of medical school. I mean, Pritzker welcomes students with opinions, students that want to change the world. It is not a perfect institution, University of Chicago or Pritzker Medical School, but they 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 want to hear that. You know, they they're open to that. All right. 
and just to be clear, neither of us are speaking on behalf of, of any right. of these institutions. We're just talking about our experiences here and specifically what we're doing for the patients. Exactly. So uh, exactly. th these are these opinions are, are our own, represent nobody else's. But anyway, you're trying to change the world here as a medical student. I want to hear more about what you did as an activist during that time. What were your, like, tell us an event that you would consider to be a possible like a sentinel event that you were involved with. Yeah, so I, I was not a community organizer, but I was very... Um... Uh-oh, the buzzer just went off. Our, uh, our pizza is ready. So we're going to take a pause right now, take a little quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. Stick with us. This is Race, Violence, and Medicine. We're here with Lily, Lily Lehrer, second-year medical student here in South Chicago, activist, telling us about how she plans to change the world here in South Chicago. Back in a moment. All right, we're back to Race, Violence, and Medicine here with Lily Lehrer, second-year medical student, talking about her role as an activist in South Chicago. Uh, we, we have our pizza now, but we're going to let it sit here and cool off for just a minute while we finish up this segment. All right, so Lily, tell us about the role you were doing, what you were doing here as an activist. Yeah, so I probably got wrapped up into it early on, maybe in my first year of college. I mean, you couldn't ignore it. It was like everywhere. It, it's, it's amazing now that we have it. Like just, it's so impossible for you to imagine just how everyone just knew about the issue. So there were kind of like, at some points, daily, weekly, monthly um, walks, you know, just people with signs like Trauma Center Now, that was kind of the hashtag. Um, you know, we did like die-ins um, on the main quad and in front of the administration building. It was a lot of just, you know, bread and butter, just the, the sort of, the, just a straightforward protest. Always nonviolent, of course. I mean, that was a big part of it too. It was like, we're not trying to incite anything here. Um, and it was youth-led, like it was not led by, University of Chicago students collaborated with, but certainly did not. Uh, lead it. it. It was led by there was an organization at the time called Fly, um, that was that was the main leaders, and they were kids like you know 17, you know 18 year olds who were just like, we don't have time anymore. That this is it. Like this, right now. But and it lasted for about four or five years, and then and then they yeah. And then so you're doing this when you're what 18, 19, 20 yeah. years old. So looking back now, talk about. Because that takes some courage to do that, right? You put yourself at professional and personal risk, um, being marginalized by your friends and family. Can you talk to us about that? Did that cross your mind? Did you have any issues? Did you lose friends in, in the process? Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think I, I do think about my privilege. You know, I am a white student, and I, I felt like I... I had a little more margin to be outspoken and to be, um, you know, a little less careful, possibly. You know, I, I did, I did, I do think my my privilege was at play there, uh, which was also what motivated it. I was like, look, it shouldn't be, you know, black students or, you know, non-students that 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 you know get involved in this fight. You know, we need to use our privilege um, too. You know, we can't just stand by with while people who actually have something on the line and who you know, do the heavy lifting. So I think that was a part of it, but I do, you know, totally acknowledge that I did have a lot of privilege that protected me. Um, it made me feel more confident and sort of fearless about it. Although, although not to say not everyone else wasn't fearless because there was a lot of fearlessness going on. 
So what, what's next for you? Besides, besides becoming a doctor, like, where do you see yourself 10, 15 years from now? Mm, that's a great question. Mm, I'm getting interested in medical education. I kind of want to tear it all down. USMLE, what's that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. That, you know, okay. Yes. Men that needs to be changed. That should be, that should be pass fail. It should be a pass fail exam. You know? Right, right. So I'm, I'm interested in this kind of issue. But of course, that's just what I'm doing every day because I'm a med student. And so medical education is of interest. But who knows? All right. Well, Lily Lehrer, future Dr. Lehrer, thank you for taking time out on the show today. We're going to let you get to your food because you never know when the trauma pager may go off. We have to go to work. So you've been hearing some knowledge from Lily talking about her role as an activist, student, future doctor. There is no need to compartmentalize all that. Medicine is about social justice. We can bring it all together, bring it to work with us every single day, still be successful and still have impact. And Lily is a prime example of how you can do that. Thank you for tuning in to Race, Violence, and Medicine. And remember, you can get this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Tell your family and friends. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you're not into that, just go to the website, racevioencemedicine.com. And lastly, check out brianwilliamsmd.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and I will come to you. You do not have to find me. And I'm most active on Twitter, BHWilliamsMD. Send me your comments, suggestions, critiques, and kudos if you have any of them. It's been my pleasure to spend time with you. We're going to eat and then get back to work. Have a good day.